0: going to be unstoppable by I'm going to be unstoppable by I'm going to be unstoppable by making a new friend at school. I'm going to be unstoppable by helping my parents around the house. Spreading the love with, of Jesus with everyone. I can share. I'm going to be unstoppable by dog sitting for neighbors and friends. Sending a car to someone. I'm going to be unstoppable by helping cooking dinner. Helping my mom with cleaning the car and doing dishes. I'm gonna be unstoppable by helping others. I'm gonna be unstoppable by helping my parents cook dinner. I'm gonna be unstoppable by doing different tours around the house. We're going to be unstoppable by helping help clean around the house. I can be unstoppable by recycling. I'm going to be unstoppable by sharing Lord's word with others. Love like Jesus. by um, giving my birthday money away. I'm gonna be unstoppable by sending a card to one of my friends. I'm gonna be unstoppable by... I'm gonna be unstoppable by... I'm gonna be unstoppable by washing my mom's car. I'm gonna be unstoppable by dog-sitting my dog. I'm going to be unstoppable by giving people money. I'm going to be unstoppable by making new friends at school. I'm going to be unstoppable by helping people learn about Jesus. My unstoppable commitment means committing myself fully to God and to the church. I'm going to invite people to First Church of Owasso, Oklahoma. I'm going to be unstoppable by showing everyone I can the power of Jesus' love. Right. For the past 115 years, God has been using First Church to impact lives throughout Owasso, northeast Oklahoma, and beyond, and we don't believe he is finished yet. In fact, during the one of the most difficult seasons we've ever experienced in ministry, we saw God do phenomenal things and now at this point in our history I believe first church's light has never shined brighter in fact as I think about what God is doing in this place there's a verse that comes to mind from the book of Acts and we've been studying Acts during this unstoppable series comes from Acts chapter 4 when Peter and John are before the Sanhedrin and the Sanhedrin tells them do not talk about Jesus anymore don't speak about Jesus Anymore. And do you remember their response? We cannot stop talking about what we've seen and heard. That's how I feel about what God is doing in this place right now. I can't stop talking about what God is doing in first church right now. I can't stop talking about all the baptisms that we are witnessing right now. I can't stop talking about how our next-gen ministry is exploding to the point that we need a new space for our first kids. I can't stop talking about all the Mission partners that we support that are touching lives both in the 918 and beyond. I can't stop talking about all the new families that we've had come to our church in the last 20 months. We've had over 200 families come to our church in the past 20 months alone. I can't stop talking about the lives that are being restored, the families that are being brought together, those who are hurting, who are finding healing. I can't stop talking about what God is doing in this place. And here's the thing, I know I'm not the only one. You guys know Matt Thomason? Matt has been here for 24 years in various different roles. Can we give it up for Matt? Is that not awesome that he's been here for 24 years? Yeah. And at our last Discovery Lunch, Discover First Church Lunch, Matt said to those who were there, he said, I've been here for 24 years and I've never seen God work in this place like he is right now. We had our advanced commitment night just a couple weeks ago. And on that night, I talked about Danny Stout. Danny has been part of our church since 19, let me get this right, 1949, 72 years. How cool is that? In fact, Danny was baptized in the first building that first church ever constructed. He was baptized in that building that was on East Broadway. And here's the thing. He was one of the first people on Advance Commitment Night to come forward and make his commitment to this unstoppable initiative. And as I thought about that, I was so touched because I thought, Danny was part of the first building that they ended up tearing down, and then they built another building on that same property. He moved with our church to 86th Street when we built a building there and all the expansion that took place on that property. And then he moved with us here to North Garnett, and we have expanded several times since then. And now at this point, he came forward with his family to commit once again to the work that God is doing in this place. I love this church because of our legacy and our history. And whether you realize or not, this is a big moment for us. Because throughout the history of our church, our church has stood tall in times of uncertainty and done what God has wanted them to do. Because we don't just care about ourselves we're not just focused on ourselves we're focused on our community and the lives around us because we know now more than ever the world needs the good news of jesus christ i'm not sure if you guys have seen this viral video it's one of my favorites but of a little girl trying to get into her car seat on her own take a look at this video you want me to help ross no thank you no thank you what do you want me to do? Write about yourself. <laughs> Write <Why> about yourself. <laughs> I'll do this one too. i going to do that. You drive! <laughs> Write about yourself! Go drive! <laughs> Go! Just wait till she's a teenager. <laughs> but you know, isn't that the mindset of our culture? You just worry about yourself, I'll worry about myself, we'll all be fine. But that's not our mindset here at First Church. We're not just worried about ourselves. We are worried about those around us and the next generation because we believe we are here for a purpose. Guys, today is a big moment in our history. Because it's not every day that we get a chance to do something that will impact lives, not just for today, but for generations to come. I wonder back in 1907 when our church began, if those 10 original members of our church had any idea what our church would look like 115 years later. Did they have any idea that 115 years later we would be reaching 1,500 or so people every single weekend? Did they have any idea that our ministry reach would go to other states and even other countries through our online ministry? Did they have any idea that our next-gen ministry every single weekend has more kids and students in it than the entire population of the town of Owasso did in 1907. I mean, I wonder if they had any idea what our church would look like. Probably not. But I know what they knew. They knew that what they were doing was important. Those ten original church members came together because they believed in the mission of Jesus, the mission of God's church. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus promises, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And this has been our theme verse throughout this series because we know that all the powers of hell cannot stop the movement of God's church. However, there is a condition on this verse. Jesus says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church that he builds. Not the church that we build, but the church that he builds. You see, a church that is built in our own image, it can fail. A church that is just a club that suits our own needs, it can fail. But a church that is built by Jesus, empowered by him, is led by him, that church is unstoppable. You know, back in 1907, there were only 100 I'm mean, sorry, 347 people living in the town of Owasso. And Owasso didn't have a whole lot but it did have one thing. It had a train depot. This is a picture taken of Owasso's train depot in 1907, the year our church began, the year that Oklahoma became a state, by the way. And this train station was one of the reasons why Owasso got its name. See, Owasso literally means, it's an Osage Indian term, and it means the end of the line. And It was named this because this train depot was the end of the rail line. There was a turnaround Y, and the rail line didn't go any further than that. Now, some of you guys may be scratching your heads thinking, but I thought it meant the end of the trail, and it had to do something with the Trail of Tears. I was told that when I first moved here, and I said that to people, even people back in Kentucky, you know, hey, that's what Owasso was named for. And then I went to the Owasso Museum, you know, downtown, and I said that to them, and they quickly corrected me, and they showed me documentation that says, no, that's just an urban legend. Actually, what our name means is the end of the line, and it had to do with the railroad, because it was years later that the railroad was extended, the rail line was extended on into Tulsa. That's what our name means, the end of the line. Now, that wasn't the case. Owasso ended up not being the end of the line. The rail line was extended. But we want to make sure as a church that that's not our reputation, that we're not the end of the line, that we're not the end of the momentum that God started in us years and years ago, that we're not the end of what God wants to do in this Place. You know, I love trains, and I've studied a lot about trains, and I was reading the other day that a train traveling 55 miles per hour can break through a concrete wall that's five feet thick and steel enforced. Isn't that cool? But that same exact train at a stationary position. Will not move at all if there's a one inch block in front of its driving wheel. What's the difference? Momentum. See, every single generation of the church has a choice to make. Are we going to keep the kingdom momentum going that has brought us here, or are we going to let it die? Because we can let it die within us. In fact, Paul even warns about this. Paul says, Do not put out the Spirit's fire. You see, the mission of Jesus, the global, universal, cosmic, eternal mission of Jesus, it is unstoppable. God will make sure that his plan is fulfilled. But it doesn't mean it's going to be unstoppable within us. If we build a church in our own image, it's not going to be unstoppable. We have to make sure that we aren't putting out the Spirit's fire, that we're not bringing the momentum that has brought us here to a halt. And that's what I love about our church. Because for 115 years, we've kept that kingdom momentum going. In fact, when I think about our church, I think about what the book of Hebrews says. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, those who have come before us, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us First church, this is our time in our generation to run the race that Jesus has marked out specifically for us. Now is not the time for us to sit on our hands. Now is not the time for us just to survive. Now is the time for us to thrive. Because the world needs the church now to break through the walls that Satan is putting up all around us. That's why we're here. And if anybody understood the importance of the calling that God has given his church, it was the Apostle Paul. We have studied a lot about Paul during this series. And Paul was a great worker for God's kingdom. But Paul's life wasn't easy. He suffered a lot. He was in prison numerous times. He was tortured. There were death threats against him. Paul suffered a whole lot for the sake of the church And in Acts chapter 20, he comes to what he thinks is the end of his life because God's spirit is warning him that more and more trouble is coming for him, and he thinks he's getting ready to die. And so he meets with some of his close friends, elders, leaders from the church at Ephesus. He was very close to that church. He had had them meet him before he goes on to Jerusalem, and he thinks again he's going to die. And listen to what he tells these friends of his, these future leaders of the church, these leaders of the church who are going to keep the mission going after him. He says, and now compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Talk about uncertainty. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Here Paul says, I'm going to keep going. I don't know how many days I have left. I'm not sure how much time I have left, but I'm going to keep doing what God has called me to do. You know why? Because what he has called me to do matters and then he wants to tell these next generation leaders of the church what you do matters as well devote yourself to this gospel of God's grace keep telling people about Jesus keep your faith because what you do matters and I think that's the message that Paul would want us to hear in our generation as well guys what we do matters there's a lot of things that we can invest in There's a lot of things we can invest our time, our resources, our money in. But most of the stuff, honestly, that we invest in is here one day and gone the very next. It won't last for all eternity. But what we do in this place lasts for all eternity. When you invest in the kingdom work of God's church, we have an opportunity to literally make eternal differences in the lives of people. What we do here Matters, And when you know what matters, what really matters, you give your all to it. And that's why Paul says, I'm willing to sacrifice my own life for what matters rather than waste my life on stuff that doesn't matter. And so Paul wants to make sure that these other leaders of the church keep the mission going after he dies. And listen to what he goes on to say to them. He said, now I know that none of you to whom I have preached the kingdom will ever see me again. And now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. Paul believes these are his last words to these men. And I don't know about you, but I've had the opportunity on occasion to be with people when they've offered their last words. I've been by the deathbeds of people And I've heard them say their last words, and typically when somebody says their last words and they're in their right mind, their words are focused, very sincere, very thought out, and they're weighty. Most of the time, people aren't talking about the weather or their favorite sports team. They're talking about stuff that matters. And that's what Paul is doing here in this moment. He's talked about what matters, and he challenges them to keep the kingdom momentum going. And then I want you to listen to the very last thing he says to these Ephesian elders. Look at what he says. He quotes the words of Jesus, which is always good to quote Jesus if that's going to be your last words. But look at what he says. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, you've probably heard that phrase before. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And you may even know those are the words of Jesus. But did you realize where that was said? That's the only place in Scripture that's ever recorded. And it's recorded as Paul gives his final challenge, his final words to those who would keep the mission going after him. The last thing that Paul wants to leave with these Ephesian elders, the words of Jesus, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Why? Because Paul knows generosity fuels jesus's mission that's how it's always worked it's how it's worked from the very beginning if you go back to john three sixteen, probably the most quoted verse in all of scripture in john three sixteen it says for god so loved the world that he what he gave his one and only son see from the very beginning jesus's mission was fueled with generosity with Generosity with God giving us something that we didn't deserve. God giving us His very Son. And then providing us with salvation that we didn't deserve and we couldn't earn, that we could not get on our own. And now the way that God's mission continues is by the generosity that He's poured into us, flowing out from us to the lives of others. Guys, if we're going to change the world, if we're going to change our culture, if we're going to change our country, if we're going to change Oklahoma, if we're going to change Owasso, we've got to trust God and radically, radically live generous lives for Him. And that's why 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap Generously. In 1907, when trains would stop at the train depot that was in Owasso, they had a unique feature to them. Most of those trains would have a bell on them, a bell kind of like this one right over here. The cameras want to follow me for a second. I know I'm probably throwing our tech people off, but they would ring these bells to, to let people know that the train was moving the train was even either coming into town or was getting ready to leave. It was a sign that the train was doing something so everybody could be aware of what was going on. It's interesting to me that when we built our first building, they decided to put a belfry on top of it that had a huge church bell. Many churches in this day and age had church bells. And they would ring that church bell whenever the church would meet. To let everyone know that there's a church that was meeting in town. There's a church that was inviting them, summoning them to come and hear the good news of Jesus Christ. That there was a church that was active and alive and that church was for them. That everyone was invited to come and hear about the God who loves them and has a purpose for their lives. They would ring that bell to let everybody know that the church had a presence in Owasso. And I believe, figuratively speaking... It's our time to ring the bell in our generation again and let people know that there's a God who loves them and we're here to summon them to him. I have something pretty cool up here with me. We brought this out on Advanced Commitment Night. We decided to bring it back out again today. This is our original church bell that was in our first building pretty cool isn't it it's been in storage for years but we've decided to bring it back out and you guys know that when we build our new first kids building there's probably going to be a lot of new landscaping and stuff like that we have to do we've decided to display this bill we want to put it out for everybody to see and we're going to put it out for a couple of reasons one to remember what God has done in the past and let that be a motivation for us going forward but we also want to bring this bell out as a sign, as a symbol of what God is calling us to do. That we're here to summon people to him. We're here to bring the lost back to their father. We're here to give people hope. We're here to let this community know there is a church here who loves them and a God who loves them and they are invited into his kingdom. Our purpose, our mission is to ring the bell so that we leave the name of Jesus ringing in people's ears. But in order for that to happen, we've got to realize the importance of this moment because God uses his people to resource his mission that's how he's always worked i think back back i think back in first chronicles chapter 29 when david king david rallied the people to build the temple of god david was told by god you're not going to get to experience the temple i'm going to let your son solomon build the temple and david said he was disappointed but he said i still want to be a part of that legacy so david rallies the people together and says, I'm not gonna get to see the temple, but I want my kids and my grandkids and all generations to come after them to see it. So David dedicated sacrificially his resources, his gold, his silver to the building of God's temple. And then he encouraged the people to respond as well and then the leaders of the people came forward and they sacrificially gave, and then the people came after their leaders and sacrificially gave. And the number that they gave is recorded in 1 Chronicles, and it said that the people were overwhelmed by the gifts that people gave. In fact, it says, the people rejoiced over the offerings for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord, and King David was filled with joy. They had a moment of celebration. And we had a moment of celebration kind of like this a couple weeks ago when we had our Advanced Commitment Night. We invited anyone in our church who wanted to come forward and give their gift to Unstoppable, their commitment gift to Unstoppable early to do so. And take a look at what happened that night. The experience tonight was really awesome for us to um, be here with our friends and our family to show uh, others and lead the way in our commitment to this church and to future generations. This unstoppable movement means that we get a chance to uh, fund the future for our kids. The worship was great, the uh, atmosphere was phenomenal, the excitement for for, uh, getting this thing kicked off is awesome. Seeing all the little kids running around, um, someday we will have grandchildren and I can't think of a better place to have them call this home than First Church. Um, this is home away from home and I can't wait to have grandbabies running around and being part of this wonderful place we'd like to call home as well. To me, my unstoppable commitment means joy and love and the excitement I see around this church and the faces of the children um, it's all about them. To us, this unstoppable movement means our family gets to grow and our kids get to be in a more Christ like environment. When I think of the unstoppable commitment, I think of my grandson um, because he has special needs. And just knowing that he can come here and learn about Jesus, and that there's other children that have special needs like my grandson that are going to be able to come here and have the same type of experience as the other kids would have. We are beginning to start to try to have a family. We know that our investment today and our commitment today is going to further the investment into our family's lives and the generations to come. For the past 115 years, First Church has been a light in Owasso, Northeast Oklahoma, and beyond. And I believe, and I know you believe, that God isn't finished with us yet. We don't want to be the end of the line. We want to be a church that continues to move ahead. This unstoppable commitment to us means uh, trusting in God and investing in uh, the future of the church, Uh, especially as we look at um, the the elementary students and giving them a place to to learn and grow. Uh, That is investing in the church just like people have invested in us to me the unstoppable commitment means that um, God is still working and he's using us to help build the the generations to come Watching the children go up and ring the bell was a great experience for us We had a number in mind and then we we changed that number. Yeah, we kind of said hey, this is what we're gonna do We're not doing that anymore we're gonna do bigger and better because God just decided, you know, hey, that's that's what we needed to be Tonight was very memorable to me watching the families walk up there and lay their commitment cards on the table And as a family ringing the bell for the future of first church to us This unstoppable commitment means being a part of raising the next generation to love Jesus and love like Jesus to um, go out into our community, go out into our state, go out into our world. This place is changing lives and to hear and to see real people that it has changed was awesome. We've said from the very beginning that our primary goal in Unstoppable is 100% engagement. A part of our church came the other night and gave to this commitment time. But now it's all of our opportunity to get engaged in this mission that we believe is so important. It's interesting to me that Paul thought that his words to the Ephesian elders would be the last time that he would ever get to talk to them, but it wasn't. See, Paul is arrested, and he goes to Rome eventually, and he's in prison for two years there. And even though he's under house arrest for two years, chained to a Roman soldier, I want you to notice that the book of Acts ends. It ends by saying that Paul continued preaching the kingdom of God and teaching things about the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness unhindered. Now, mind you, Paul is in chains, but the mission of Jesus is unhindered. The mission of Jesus is unstoppable. And while Paul is in chains, he gets to write to the church at Ephesus, the church that he thought he'd never get to talk to again, and listen to what he says to them. He says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, when throughout all generations forever and ever amen paul said i thought my time was done but god wasn't finished with me yet i thought this was it but he's still using me and god used paul to write books of our new testament which we're still using today while he was in prison during this time in rome and then paul gets out and he keeps on preaching guys that's my prayer that you came in today with high expectations, but we leave here with God doing more than what we could ever ask or imagine. You see, we don't wanna be a church that insults God with our small thinking or safe living. We wanna be a church that says, God, do more among us, around us, in the midst of us than what we could ever do on our own. So let me tell you what that means for me and Allison. We've been praying about this day for months. And we were praying about a number that we wanted to give. And we talked about it. We looked at all of our finances, and we prayed and prayed and prayed. And we came up with a number. And I want to let you know that that number represents a sacrifice for us. When we settled on a number, we we knew that by committing this number for the next two years that we would have to give up some stuff. The other thing I want you to know is that number was the biggest number we've ever given to any church. We've always tried to tithe, but this was way beyond that. And we knew it. And the other thing is, we were going to (laughs) give that number with joy. Because there's nothing more important than the work of Jesus' church. So we had a number in mind. And the morning of our advanced commitment night, Alice and I were talking at breakfast time. And I looked at her and I said, you know, I've been praying about it and I think maybe we need to increase our number. And I thought she would look at me and say, Chad, we're already stretching it tight enough. But she didn't. She said, let's do it. Because we believe in the mission of Jesus. I don't tell you that to brag on myself or on Allison. I tell you that to let you know I'm not asking you to do anything that we're not willing to do ourselves. David announced that he would be the first one to give in First Chronicles, and then he said, who will follow my example? You have a commitment card with you today. There should have been one in your pew. Maybe you brought yours with you. And I just want you to quickly look over this. We're going to have a moment here in just a second. You're going to get to fill this out if you haven't done so already. And I just want to let you know what these boxes mean. This bottom box is the only one that really matters to our total count. It's your total two-year commitment. But this is how you get there. I want to make sure you understand everything that we are asking you to include in this. The first is your current annual giving. So whatever you gave this past year to First Church, we would like for you to include this. Because we're not doing a separate building fund. We're just expanding our regular budget because this is all God's mission and we just see what we're doing next as our next ministry step. We're not going to, have to divide everything up and say one thing's more important than another. It's all one fund. And so if you've been giving over the past year or so, we want to celebrate that, thank you for that, let you know your gift matters and you can include that in your overall Unstoppable gift. But if you haven't been giving anything, anything in the past, that's okay. You can still be part of Unstoppable. That's what this is all about. It's 100% engagement no matter where you are right now. That's what this next box is for. If you've been giving to our church, this is your expanded giving for the next year. So, whatever that is, whatever that looks like for you, this is your expanded giving, what you want to give on top of what you've been giving. And then, if you haven't given anything, this may be the first actual number that you write down. And that's cool too, because again, everybody gets to be part of Unstoppable. So, then you total it together. Times it by two because it's a two-year commitment, right? 11.3 million over two years. And then this is a spot for any shared resources, stored resources, I'm sorry, that you may have. Stored, research, stored resources could be stocks or bonds. It could be a car you need to sell. It could be you want to have a yard sale and put that number in there. I don't know what it is. We had one uh, little kid tell us that she was going to sell some of her old toys and give it to Unstoppable. How awesome is that? So I don't know what your stored resources may be, but you can add that in there too if you want to. And then add all that up, and that's your two-year commitment. So this is both your current giving and your additional giving. Make sure both are included so that we can plan for our future. And then we're going to ask you to sign your name at the bottom. And I know sometimes people get uncomfortable with that and they say, sign my name. I want to be humble and not sign my name. Well, it may sound like it's humble, but actually it's just less communication for us because it's really difficult for us to count a card that's not signed because we don't know if it's a duplicate. We don't know if it's some teenager that just said, oh, I'm gonna donate $11 million and just wrote it down, you know? This is for our our planning so we can be responsible planners in the future. That's why we ask you that. No one's going to see your name except for our financial uh, director who counts all of the money that we have here anyway. So we ask for you to fill that out and take some time to do so. If you're watching online right now, there's a QR code that you can uh, scan. You can also text, uh, you can text this uh, you text the word, what is it, COMMIT to 918-300-3977. You can do that right now if you're online. But don't worry, we're not gonna ask you to say your commitment out loud, but we are gonna have a moment here where we respond. So what I want you to do is just take a couple minutes here as a family. There's gonna be some music in the background. You stay seated. And just think, pray, and write. Those are the three things I want you to do. Think, pray, and write. And in just a minute, we're going to have a chance to respond. And here's the thing. I hope, I hope that you listen closely to what God is saying. When David ended the celebration of everybody giving to the temple, he ended with this prayer. And this is my prayer for us as well today. Oh, Lord, this is your kingdom. Guys, this is God's church. This isn't my church. This isn't your church. This is... God's kingdom and David says who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you David says everything we have has come from you and we give only what you first gave us guys nothing we have is really ours we're just managers of everything that belongs to God nothing you have is yours and you can't take it with you we are here for only a moment boy isn't that true as James says we are a mist that appears for a little while and then is gone We're here only for a moment, visitors and strangers in the land as our ancestors were before us. Guys, we're here just for a moment, but what we do in this little moment we have can make an eternal difference in the lives of those around us. We have a moment right now, and let's not waste this moment because the moment that we have been given is here for us to make such an impact that we can leave the name of Jesus ringing in people's ears for years to come. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for this moment. And I pray that as we have this time that we stay in our seats and just take some time with our family to pray, think, and write. And may we listen to you And may we do what you want us to do. Father, as we write down a number, may this number truly reflect our love for you, our surrender to you, because this number matters. It matters to you because you know what it means. We all can't write down the same number, but we can all write down a number that represents our surrender to you. In the name of Jesus, I pray.